Welcome to Liberate Your People Pleaser. I am Brenda Florida, certified life coach, and you might be a people pleaser if you tend to prioritize other people's wants and needs over your own. If you're the peacemaker, if you're always trying to create harmony with the people that you work with and live with, you probably are also an amazing problem solver. You have great intuition and you're probably an empath or at least have great skills of empathy. And the reason why I call this liberate your people pleaser and not fix your people pleaser is there's nothing to fix. There's nothing wrong with you. These are fantastic qualities that you have, really superpowers that you just naturally possess and instinctively use. And what gets problematic about them is when they get turned around on other people all the time and not on yourself. And what do I mean by that? Empathy. You can understand how another person feels, you understand their perspective, or you can put yourself in their shoes. And when you do that, you may be prone to giving up your own feelings, your own position, your own perspective, and you make theirs more important. So you're prioritizing what they feel or think or their position over your own. And that's when things start to go awry for us. And so in this podcast, each episode, we'll talk about different ways that we can pour up those great skills that we have and use them for ourselves first and then give to others out of that fullness rather than prioritizing everyone else. So it doesn't make us selfish when we stop prioritizing everybody else. What it does is allows us to have the power that we need internally, the confidence and the clarity that we need internally to then go impact the world in an even more powerful way. So I'm Brenda Florida, certified life coach, and I'm so glad you're with us. Let's liberate your people pleaser. Welcome everyone to this episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. I'm really excited today to have a guest as I am prone to do from time to time. Uh, Domini Drew is with us and I'm gonna let her share with you a little bit of her story and more about herself in a moment. But it was just such an interesting way that Domini and I met and even had our initial conversation which turned out completely different than how it started. And uh, which takes us to our title for today of pleasure as the gateway. Uh, this is the warning you might wanna put your headphones on if you're listening to this in any sort of uh, shared audience situation or children's ears or something, cause we're likely to drop an F-bomb or two and we're definitely gonna use the three letter word, <gasps> sex, yeah. So it's really, fun to be here with you today, Domini. And I'll let everybody know that. So this started, our connection started with a long history that we both share of people pleasing and a natural connection with those things. A lot of Domini's work is with men and women in their dating lives or relationships. And so that was really interesting. So I thought we were going to talk about all that and then I saw this part of her bio that said something about a thesis she wrote. <laughs> and it got me, us off on this topic, which we also both share a passion for, which is the idea of sex and pleasure 
okay because sex is pleasure or it should be um ideally it is and and of course pleasure is also includes a lot of other things as a gateway to our spiritual and personal growth not as like the sideline thing that if there's time we're gonna do that this week right and this doesn't matter if you're married or single i have been single for most of 20 years i haven't had a date now not totally on purpose but just the way life has happened for me i haven't even been on a date in two and a half years which means i've been celibate for two and a half years which is not how i <laughs> typically roll single or not so um this is going to be a very frank conversation about how sex and pleasure has played a role in our own personal and spiritual uh growth so that you can hopefully really just take this in just like sort of bracket whatever mm, preconceived ideas that you may have about the role of sex in your life or the role of pleasure in your life and allow yourself to just really be open to this conversation we're going to have today because that's where the magic happens, right? When we kind of drop our stories, the Buddhists call it the don't know mind, um, of dropping those stories of what we think that means, what, what the resistance we may have to it, or the fears we may have around it, and just allow yourself to open up into what we're gonna share. Because I will tell you in my own background, I, you know, I was sexually abused when I was a little girl. I was, that was so traumatic for me and I had no one in my life near me that was safe to talk to about it. And so I repressed that memory as many of us do who experience trauma until I was in my early thirties. And then it just came to me in a flash. So that's a disruption in your day. Uh, and mm. so then I dealt with, you know, unpacking that and healing from that sexual trauma. But of course by then, so in my early thirties, I had already been married more than 10 years. I got married at 18 to my high school sweetheart. And so we had not surprisingly a very dysfunctional sexual relationship. I thought I was frigid when he and I separated, one of my first thoughts was, oh, yay, I never have to worry about having sex again. And I was 35 years old. Huh. So I've gone from like the worst relationship to myself sexually. I didn't even understand this is going to, you know, sound impossible, but it's true. I did not understand I could bring myself to an orgasm myself I, I hardly knew what an orgasm was except you hear people say it so like you know it's a thing but i hadn't experienced it until i was i was probably 27 or so because it was after my fourth child was born and he was born when i was 26. so i mean that's how like backwards repressed i grew up in a religious culture and a family culture that shamed sex. I had no information. You know, I got married as a virgin. You know, so here I am, 35. I've had one partner. We had, you know, not good sex. And I think I hate it. Mm. To liberation into that and seeing how that opened me up spiritually and everything. So that's a big fat introduction. And now, Domini, I'll let you say something. <laughs> Being here with me and for um, the really synchronistic way we even came upon this topic 
And uh, I can't wait for you to tell everybody about yourself, what you're doing and your thoughts on the matter. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm so happy to be here. I loved our connection. We just, there was just sparks right away. I love it when that happens. And um, it was it was really this immediate sort of as you said synchronicity or synergy between us of on this on this particular topic and I love this topic and I don't uh, I don't see it often um, mm -hmm. talked about and I think it's it's a really important thing to talk about because uh, you know the, the the human relationship with joy um, is quite a distorted one uh, in these mm -hmm. days we tend to um, see see what we want and, and turn and go the other direction and that's actually where I, I specialize I am a relationship and uh, self-mastery coach and I help people literally master their inner game so whether that's because you're a terrible people pleaser um, I was also a just unmanageable people pleaser it was constant um and now i have these amazing boundaries that are just you know fluid yet you know firm yet fluid um yes. you know firm yet flexible type of you know but very um it, it's easy i'm not afraid of confrontation i'm not afraid to stand in my power i speak my mind i'm very I'm more direct um and all of those things came once i was able to find what it was underneath the surface that was causing the people pleasing in in the first place Mm -hmm. And so now, regardless of what people are, are going through, whether it's you're single and you don't know why, or you can't meet the kind of partner that you want, or um, you're, you know, it, it's your relationship with yourself, you have low self-confidence, or uh, you don't exactly know who you are. I have a, an entire program called The Art of Authenticity that's literally geared toward like showing you where it is that you're trying to be someone else and how that's causing problems and how to fix it. Um, and so that's really the, the realm where I, where I love to work. Mm. Um, yeah, that's been that's been the, the journey so far. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm. So take us into this topic of sex and pleasure and maybe tell us some of your own story, you know, with your own journey in the sexual arena and what brought you to really seeing it as a gateway to personal and spiritual growth. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. As you were speaking earlier, I was um, reflecting on on uh, when I had my awakening moment, I, I woke up in a way when I was 14. Um, mm. And it, by wake up, I just sort of mean that I kind of, I, I was reading a particular book uh, and the experience I'm gonna share also uh, was, was from this book. Um, but the waking up experience was kind of just like realizing, almost like, like waking up for a dream, realizing that the world was not as everybody had told me that it was. Mm. And uh, I was reading this book called Conversations with God. Um, mm -hmm. I, I did not grow up particularly religious at all. We were quite secular. And then uh, my parents got divorced and we went to church, I don't know, for like a little while. And then when I was about the same time, when I was 14, I became Quaker. Um, my mother oh. um, became the Quaker faith. Uh huh. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And the Quakers are brilliant. Um, there's no, the, the fundamental belief is that there's that of God in everyone. So there's no hierarchy amongst anyone. And of course that mm, got them in big nice. trouble in the, in the, back in the 1500s in the UK. Um, right. but, um, but it was really, uh, it's really this sort of very inward listening for the voice within type of, of journey. It's quite Buddhist really in, in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, even though it's Christian based. And so, and so. In, in that sort of journey. So I'm reading this book, Conversations with God. And I remember reading this part. I was 14, I had no education. My mother was incredibly uncomfortable with sex. So I had no, like it was never talked about. It was never, I mean, 
I got my period and didn't know what, what was happening right. that moment when it was happening. Like it was that type of thing where like, oh, I guess, I guess maybe we should have that talk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, so not a lot of, not a lot of comfort there. Um, and so I'm sitting out on my back porch and I'm reading this book and he asks the conversation with God, the format is, is this man is an author and he just starts jotting down all these, cause he's angry and he's frustrated about his life. And he asks, you know, writes down all these questions very, very quickly and, and sort of is, 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 you know, the, the wave kind of ends and he stops writing and suddenly his hand starts moving and he starts channeling through and, and writing these answers. And the first question that came out was, do you want answers to these questions or are you just venting? Mm. Um, <laughs> his hands literally moving. He doesn't know what's coming on the, on the paper. And so he's literally channeling, channeling what he sort of identifies as, as, as God or source. Right. Yeah. And so, and so I'm reading this book and he's talking to God and, and he says, ask something about, you know, sex. And, and I just remember, uh, God responding through him saying, well, sex is, sex is supposed to be fun. Why would I, why would I give you something that had pleasure that, that you weren't supposed to do? Like, right. Like, like how fucked up is that? Right. I don't, think that part, I don't think that part was in the book, but that's what I heard. Right. <laughs> in our version of the book, it says, how fucked up is that? Yeah. How fucked up would that be? Like, what kind of God does that? He yeah. loves you. But also if you fuck it up, then you're going to be going to hell and you're going to stay there for eternity. So of course there's that. Yeah. Um, and so I just remembered, I, at this point, again, I'm 14. I have no experience of, I'd never even done, I had a boyfriend or anything. I don't know what that was. Um, and, and I remember him just saying, it's fun. And I felt a, a template shift. I felt my beliefs mm. shift about being like, oh, it's supposed to be fun. And then when I started having my sexual experiences, they also weren't great. I'm sure that's was quite typical. Um, mm -hmm. And I think was also a typical response was I thought there was something wrong with me. Of course, mm -hmm. of course. The yes. age old tale. <laughs> we all think we all think it's us, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yep. Because I know I had to fix it, but I just remember thinking, you know, the experience I'm having is not matching the reaction I'm seeing other people have around this topic in life. Like, right. <laughs> I can tell that people are people are making a bigger deal out of this than this. Right. Like this. Either they're all lying, or I am not having the same experience. <laughs> something, something's off <laughs> here. Yeah, exactly right. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. And so I really, you know, and, and I had sort of a, an awakening kind of later in my life in that area. But what's really have has has just blossomed through this is that in those tangible moments of pleasure, of exploring pleasure, and I had a very difficult time allowing myself to feel pleasure. Mm -hmm. um, I was not, I, I didn't want to go, I, I, just, I just didn't want to go there. Yeah. Um, for like a lot of my life and I was deeply insecure and I had like, body image issues. I had been uncomfortable with my body. And as I kept doing this underlying work that I now teach, this process work, mm -hmm. um, each of those issues began to fall off. Mm -hmm. So the people pleasing was one of them. I just suddenly didn't feel the need to do that anymore. I didn't even, wasn't even conscious before. It was just how I was. And then suddenly I just wasn't that way anymore. Mm -hmm. And then uh, my body shifted. I, I, I shifted what, what I was, it was holding on to that was keeping the weight on my body. And suddenly the weight dropped off my body. I mean, dropped off my body. I went from not being able to lose it to, I couldn't keep it on. Okay. Um, and so it was really this, this total turnaround because I solved the underlying problem, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah so it's been this, this incredible journey and and i'm fascinated really by humans relationship with with joy and pleasure yes yes i agree so 
So let's break this down a little bit because I always like to be very practical and pragmatic as well with uh, my podcast and everything else I do because while I love the big sort of lofty ideas and you know this idea that oh pleasure could be the way and maybe instead of working so mm. hard and pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and all those especially for people pleasers all the do 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 right like people pleasers are yes. generally really good at getting things done. We're very action oriented mm -hmm. and goal driven and all these things. We solve problems and we do all these things, which is why I talk about people pleasing almost like it's a double-edged sword. Like there's, we have those gifts. And when we're in the dysfunctional side of people pleasing, we're using them all towards other people, right? Like all the focus is how can I prioritize you, do what you need, you know, solve the problems you have, like it's all outer other focused. And when we're using our people pleasing gifts as a superpower, it's because we've turned them all towards ourselves. Okay. So now, which doesn't mean I'm selfish and I don't care about others. It means I move into service to others out of that fullness of I first prioritized myself. So um, and I do for myself and I experience for myself and then I give out of that. And so from, so that's sort of the perspective I take with it. And so rather than just having this idea that pleasure and desires can help us in that transformation from even the, the you know, from the people pleasing things, we'll just call them being transferred to an inward gift instead of an outward dysfunction the idea that our desires and sex and pleasure can take us there, I think to many seems probably counterintuitive. Um, and what I notice, and, and you kind of mentioned this too, so maybe we just start here, is that a, a lot of times, just like myself, we've been so stuck in the outer expression of people pleasing, we don't even know what we desire. We don't even right. know what gives us pleasure. We may have resistance, like you, you were saying to pleasure. So like how, for you, how did you crack open that door from resistance to exploring? So, <clears throat> So first, let me say that the that the, the way you perceive it is actually is actually quite accurate in the sense that there are two aspects to the people pleaser, quote unquote. Right? Mm -hmm. There's 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 a I like what you call I like you call it a superpower. That's actually great. I call it a core quality. It's okay. something that you naturally do. If I put you in a white room, uh, you know, with no windows, you will naturally you know solve problems and do all the things that you want to do. So that's your core quality, right? Mm -hmm. When you're when you're living life from that place, it is effortless. It is fulfilling and it is successful mm -hmm. by definition. This is going to bring us back to pleasure as well. When you become afraid, that's when you distort or overwhelm. Mm -hmm. That's when you distort your natural gifts. And that's when it comes out as quote, people pleasing. Mm -hmm. So I'm still a people pleaser in the sense that I give a shit about other people and I want to, I, I, I want to help. I, yes. in, a, in a blank white room by myself, I will want to help. I'm like, yes. oh, what, where are we? What's uh, should I go over here? Oh, somebody put some food down. Okay, mm -hmm. should I hand this plate back to you? How do I, you know what I mean? Right. I'm still doing me, right? Right. And then, but then it's it becomes what we refer to as people pleasing when it's done out of defense. 
I need you to love me. Yeah. Or if you're not okay, I'm not okay. So I have to make, I have to make sure you're okay. So these are all yes. right coming out of defense. Yes. It's that seeking love and approval, validation, yes. that all those things from others instead yes. of being able to give it to ourselves. Yes. And the process of being able to do that is exactly what I help people do is to show mm -hmm. you, great. How do I, how do I stop people pleasing by giving it to yourself? How do yes. I do that? Great. Here's the process. You go in, you connect, you, you know, you find your little yeah, that yeah. Little piece, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, so, uh, what that just triggered for me was this idea. And one of the things that made me realize as I went from being, you know, thinking sex was just not fun. I must be frigid. Like this is just me, right? Like I'm just, I'm broken when it comes to sex. Yeah. And of course, when you've had sexual trauma, yeah. It's easy enough to think that like, okay, now I know why I'm broken now. I mean, because all those years we were married and I just never wanted to have sex. I just thought, mm -hmm. I mean, I thought there was something wrong with me, but I didn't understand why. When I had the flashback, then at least kind of, it made sense. It's like, well, of course, now I get why I have, you know, so many negative feelings towards that. Now in the end, you know, th now that was whatever, 20 plus years ago when I had that flashback and then left that marriage. And now I know that there's nothing wrong with me sexually and I love having sex. And what was wrong was that there was a lack of intimacy in our marriage. So, I mean, yeah. one, not we could go on, we could have a podcast that lasts three days probably on this, uh, <laughs> but we won't folks don't, you don't have to worry about that. Um, but one of the aspects of that is I think in relationships, and you can tell me if you agree, cause we obviously didn't rehearse any of this. So I don't know if you're going <laughs> to agree or not, but I don't think sexual problems in a relationship with few, there's a few exceptions, but most of them are not about sex. It's about the relationship or it, it may be about something physical in the body, right? Like you could have an impotency problem or, you know, all kinds of other like real physical things. Uh, but okay. usually to use a broad brush, you know, word, it's a lack of intimacy emotionally so then how, how do we have intimacy physically? How do I put your body in my body as a female being heterosexual? So that's what I do. Um, <laughs> you know, how do I do that and have fun, enjoy that? Yes. When we have nothing, which is different. So this is why I think you can enjoy a one night stand for those of us who have done those. I can have yes. tons of fun on a one night stand because there's no pretense of intimacy. But, but what, so that's just fun. That's just, I call it recreational sex, right? Like we're just going to, it's a thing to do and it's fun. And so we're going to go do that as consenting adults. But when I'm in a relationship with somebody, then there's this bigger container that needs to include that emotional intimacy, spiritual intimacy. And when that's missing, it becomes very hard to have recreational sex, because that's not really the container that you're in at that point. Mm, interesting. I would say that, that there's, um, it's actually entirely possible to have that level of intimacy in a one night stand. Okay, say if more you, about if that. You are, if you are open to it, like, and I'm so glad you brought that up because a lot of people think that one night stands are bad and like monogamous ongoing lasting relationships are good. Yeah. Um, 
And especially with me as a dating coach, they're like, oh, obviously I want to, I don't want to be single. I'm like, oh, that's not obvious to me. Like people come right. to me, obviously they don't want to be single, but like, yeah, be single. Being single is great. I've been single for most of my life. Some of it I was happy about, a lot of it I wasn't. Um, worked, worked through my issues. Right. Um, but but that's really, it, it, it's a, a, a connection with another human can look like anything. Take our, our, our call, right? We had like a 15 yeah. minute call and we ended up talking for like 30 minutes. Right. Um, and we just connected immediately and it was, it was incredibly open and we learned about each other very, very quickly. And so, you know, if, if you're, if you're open to it and you don't need to be, it could also just be perfectly fun with, without intimacy, but a one night stand can be incredibly sacred relationship. Another thing that I think is really sacred. People leave out a lot is the friends with benefits relationship. Yes. I yes. Yes. Benefits relationship is an incredibly sacred thing. Yes. Yeah. You I know? think it's tricky. So I'm really glad you made that distinction because you're right about that. Like it's maybe a better way to say it is it's there, whatever, there can be intimacy that's super appropriate for that moment. Right. So we've, if we've only yeah. known each other for a few hours, yeah, but, but you're right. Like they're probably almost, we don't have to debate this, but they're almost, there has to be a connection generally, you know, for me, um, which doesn't mean everybody does it that way. I have to have some kind of connection before I just fall in bed with you, but not totally. everybody does it that way. And I love that you said, like, there's no right or wrong. So here we are, however many minutes into this, and I probably should have started here, but mm. this is my point of this conversation. And I so agree with you that we don't talk about it enough. And part of it fundamentally is that we must drop our judgments around our own sex lives and others. So if monogamy is yes. not your thing, that's okay. Doesn't make you a bad person. You know, right. couples that yeah. swing, you know, like I've met some couples that swing and it's just the sweetest thing, like the way they talk about it and oh the way gosh. it keeps their- They're so happy. Fun. Yes, they're so fucking happy. Maybe we should all do it. You know, Lifestyle couples are some of the happiest couples I've ever come across. They yes. are so, they are so happy. They love their lives. They're so secure. They're just, they, they yes. love it. I had, I had a couple of- uh, uh, a couple who were swingers on my podcast as well on the art of attraction podcast and they talked all about like how they met and what the lifestyle was like and how the marriage was like because they're married to each other and like the, it was it's 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 so much fun yeah so right. that's part of it and this is why so our whole point was how how can all these things possibly be part of personal and spiritual growth well isn't that it when we can drop judgment like that would solve all the problems in the world right there. If we could drop <laughs> judgment and fucking love each other and love ourselves, you know, that, that's, that's that, you know, that's, yeah. that's the Honestly, highest level. Yeah. If you could even just do the loving yourself part, the, the other one will come. Yeah. The other one will come. That's true. <laughs> that's true. And the other thing that I love about sex, and this is what I started figuring out as I, thankfully in my own journey, after I got divorced, even though for a while, I was really glad that I would never have to have sex again. I thought, hmm, well, I'm only 35 years old <laughs> and I'll David probably, one more time. Yeah, so <laughs> I'll probably date again. Like I was always in relationships up until that point. Now I've spent 20 years single, but you know, at the ripe old age of 35, I started dating my husband when I was 15. 
you know, we dated some other people for, you know, his early college, my rest of my high school. And then we get married when I'm 18, two months after I graduate. So like, since I'm 15 years old, I've been with somebody. Right. Yeah. And then I'm married to him for a long time. And, you know, so, but I'm only 35. So I'm like, okay, probably I'm going to date again and be, I couldn't imagine myself being single. I Mm. never saw myself being single. And so then I'm like, well, shoot, because I didn't say fuck back then. Uh, so I said, shoot, <laughs> I <didn't either. laughs> this guy's going to want, whoever this guy is, he's going to want to have sex. And the one thing I know is that I know nothing about how to be a good sexual partner. Like, I don't know anything about good sex, except, you know, this was the 80s and 90s of the super hot sex that Tom Cruise had with Kelly McGillis in Top Gun, right? Like, oh, that, yeah, mm, such a hot scene. And yeah, so, really so PG rated really now when I watch <laughs> it again, but it was so hot, right? So I'm like, okay, like, I don't know how to do this. So for me, I started watching porn uh, so that I could figure out, like, I didn't know what to do, okay? So it was like my Sesame Street, that was my joke. Porn is my Sesame <laughs> Street for sex. And uh, then I met, I had my first boyfriend and he was, you know, just a delightful man, very different. In fact, one of the things he said to me at one point was he didn't use people pleasing. That wasn't his word. I can't remember what, what he called it, but he was like, your people pleasing qualities about you are my least favorite. Mm. And so for the first time in my life, I had a man who didn't want me to be a people pleaser with him. And that's very liberating. And he was outstanding yes. sexually. Uh, oh, excellent. Yeah. Even many years later and many other partners later, I can still look back and go, yep, he was very good. And so <laughs> he was perfect for me because I was so afraid. You know, I was so afraid to be that vulnerable with somebody. And it was so delightful. And one of the things I realized, taking us back to the point of how this helps us in our personal and spiritual growth, is that when I was having really good sex with him, I was really present Mm -hmm. and I was very connected to my body, which was something I didn't even know what that meant. I was so, I had so much disconnect (sighs) from my physical body that I wouldn't have even been able to say that at the time. I can look back on it now and realize that's part of what was happening was it was Mm -hmm. my first connection into my body because like many people who are sexually traumatized and other traumas you know we disassociate from our bodies and so that ability to be present and tune into your body i mean again two of the biggest personal and spiritual growth skills of life and you can practice them right there in the bedroom even by yourself right I don't have to, I've still been doing that for the last two and a half years, even though I haven't been with a person in two and a half years. Uh, So it doesn't matter, you know, whether you're partnered or you're not, or there's a person or there's not, you can connect that what you were saying that going inside and connecting to discover who you are. Yes. And boom, there it is. The human journey. Yes. That's it. That's all yes. there is. That's all the, that's all you go to an ashram in India. All they have is thousands of years worth of techniques to help you do exactly that. Yes. Right. 
because the spiritual, you know, the enlightenment, spirituality is just the consciously lived life. It's just about learning to be here now. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So no better note to leave on than that, although I could talk to you for days, but to (laughs) wrap, to wrap up. And just so you guys know, of course, in the show notes, we'll put Dominique's contact information and maybe a link to your podcast and, you know, whatever, all the things. Uh, So we'll put that in the show notes. And so as we wrap up, what to you, uh, what's the one big takeaway, I guess, uh, that you might want for everybody to have from our episode together today? Well, you brought up being really um, action oriented. I think that's very important. So I'd like to give a little, um, a, a little uh, suggestion for a thing that you can, that listeners can do to, mm-hmm. to actually explore this. So take some time alone, even if you haven't um, if you haven't masturbated before, or if you're not comfortable touching yourself or something like that, you can even just do it centrally, you know, get, get, get naked, get under the covers if you're more comfortable. But if you're also more, if you're just comfortable touching yourself, spend some time, close your eyes, feel your body. And if you, and, and, and take your time, like do it as slowly as possible and connect the, the way that you're touching yourself with your breath, Mm. just breathe and touch yourself. Um, often when the, when pleasure starts to escalate sexually, you'll cut off your breathing, try to breathe more instead. And that helps you to stay present. And so sex, the way we're talking about it is just like yoga. Yoga is not a a thing. Yoga is actually meaningless. They're just poses. They're just asanas to give you something to do while you're practicing being conscious and present. I never thought mm-hmm. of that. What a great metaphor. It, it is the Absolutely same as true. yoga. Yeah. 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 And so in that way, you're just being present. And so just explore what it's like to really be there. And if you leave, stop and then come back, bring your awareness back and start again. And this is a, a way that you can really expand your relationship with yourself. Mm, I love that. And I love that you said uh, sensual because yes. that is so true. And I think that in my journey, that was a big opening for me, even as my, I, I was still married, uh, but I guess it was probably once I figured out I could masturbate, then mm-hmm. that sort of opened up the door to just exploring that kind of sensual, like feeling just something as small as the lotion I'm putting on my body, mm, right? Yes. Do I like the way it smells? Like, am I getting pleasure out of the product itself? instead Mm. of just any old greasy thing, slap it, you know, does the job, whatever. So I got to where I only purchased things I was putting on my body, my skin, my makeup, my, you know, whatever, uh, that I really love products that I love the smell of, love the feel of, and then paying attention. Like as I rub that on my legs or I, you know, wear it all over my body, what does it feel like? What does my body feel like when I'm touching Mm. it? Yes. It's such an opening because you will find parts of your body that maybe surprisingly you actually don't even enjoy yourself touching. Yep. Or you just kind of don't have a lot of sensation there, but ooh, you know, over there I do. I love the Mm -hmm. way that feels, you know, or whatever. And so it is that self-exploration, right? And again, isn't that the whole journey? right? It's the micro of the macro. It's that self-exploration. We were made 
let's go back to God. Let's go back to the beginning. Circle back to what you said at the beginning. <laughs> we were made to have pleasure. Yes. In millions of ways, trees, oceans, our bodies, hummingbirds. I have this hummingbird feeder and it's like a parade of hummingbirds all the time now <laughs> on my patio. You know, it's pleasure. And when we can stop judging that, and let it be okay. Like give ourselves that internal permission to experience pleasure. It opens up a floodgate of other joys and opportunities for growth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Humans are meant to lead joyful lives. Yeah. When we say no to ourselves, when we say no to our joy, then we become less happy. If you say yes to your joy, it leads you on the path that your system most naturally wants to take, the, the best path for you. Yes. So follow, follow what lights you up. Yes. Beautiful. Well, on that lovely note, uh, we will close our episode for today. Uh, but I look forward to having more conversations. Um, Domini and I are, are exploring other things. So you'll probably hear more about us and from us later. But um, love to hear your comments, of course, as always, you know, wherever you're getting this or in my private Facebook group or wherever, because I think this is a really powerful conversation that we need to be having more often. Thank you, Domini. Thank you so much for having me, Brenda. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. I've got some extra bonuses for you today. So check out the show notes you will see a link to download my free training. This is the newest training I have. It's called People Pleasers Power Training. It's a video series and worksheet that will take you through a very specific process where you will take your power back from a relationship or a situation that has you feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, frustrated, angry, all of the above. So grab that. I also have people ask me about how they actually work with me. And so the easiest way to do that is to book a 15 minute call. So you'll see that link in the show notes and we'll have a conversation about whether now is the right time, whether I'm the right coach and how you would like to engage in that with me. There's also the link to my private Facebook group, Liberate Your People Pleaser. It's a great place to get additional resources and be in a like-minded community. You can also submit a question through the show notes. There's a link for you to tell me what it is that you're wondering, a topic you'd like for me to address on a future episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. So thank you for being here as always. If you can take the time to do it, I love it. If you put a five-star review on the podcast server that you get this podcast from, that always helps us get out to more listeners. So thank you so much. And thank you for being with me on the journey to liberate our people pleasers.